Merry Christmas, everybody. It's a really a privilege to be sharing this very special birth of Jesus celebration with all of you. It's a big celebration all around the world, and what an honor it is to share part of this day together. Uh, the month of December has all kinds of, of uh, Christmas traditions, both religious and secular. We've been talking about some of the Christmas movies we all know and love and watch. So take a moment right now, wherever you are, to lean to someone near you and share with them your favorite Christmas movie of all time. Go ahead, wherever you are uh, this morning, your favorite Christmas movie of all time. All right, thank you. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, on Sunday mornings at our church, every Sunday we've been lifting up a Christmas movie, a classic Christmas movie, and using it as a springboard to talk about the real story of Christmas. And today it won't be a stretch at all because our concluding movie today is a Charlie Brown Christmas. And the writer of A Charlie Brown Christmas, Charles Schultz, was a committed follower of Jesus. This is one of my favorite Charles Schultz quotes. Uh, he said this one time, little things we say and do in Christ's name are like pebbles thrown into water. The ripples spread out in circles and influence people we may know only slightly and sometimes not at all. And Charles Schultz used his influence to make people laugh and to make people think. A Charlie Brown Christmas special aired for the first time in December 1965, one month before I was born. So it's a very old movie indeed, and I know some of our youngest members might not be as familiar with it, but it's been very popular for decades. Uh, it was aired every year on CBS from its inception in 1965, every year through the year 2000. It is now available exclusively on Apple TV. And of course, a lot of us have it in our houses on DVD and some of us even on VHS. As recently as 2022, it was ranked 65 in the best family-friendly films of all time. What you may not realize is that it was a film that almost never was. Charles Schultz and team threw it together. It was a last-minute project. The Coca-Cola company wanted a Christmas special, and they wanted it in just a matter of months. Producers used local neighborhood children as the voices for the characters. In that day and in ours, usually the, the voices in animation of children are done by professional adult, sometimes female actors, but they used non-professional children. There's a number of other ways this show was risky and unique. Uh, first of all, there was no laugh track. And in that day, in animation, laugh track was common, but Charles Schultz felt people shouldn't be told when to laugh. Number two, jazz music, because what child doesn't love jazz? <laughs> this was a very unusual and risky choice on, on, uh, on behalf of the producers. And then thirdly, of course, the Bible. The character Linus reads the Christmas story verbatim from the Bible, Luke chapter two. And in 1965, only 9% of all Christmas programming on TV had a religious theme. 
It's easy for us to believe that things were much more religious decades ago in the United States, but that's not necessarily true. America was already turning more secular in the 60s, and Christmas had already become much more commercial. And that is, in fact, what the whole Charlie Brown Christmas show is about. Uh, Producers uh, tried to talk Charles Schultz out of using the Bible in the show, uh, but he felt it was non-negotiable. And then producers said, okay, we'll do it, we'll use the Bible, but we're probably all going to lose our jobs because of it. And when CBS first saw the final cut, they hated the show. They did not want to put it on television, but it had already been promoted in the TV guide, and they felt like they had to continue. And of course, it was a smashing success. Producer Lee Mendelson said later uh, that he thought that little scripture reading part of the show was what made the show, even though he was against it initially. He said that scene of that 10-year-old reading the scripture was as good as any scene from Hamlet. That was a direct quote. So what made this show? It wasn't the quality of the animation. It wasn't the professional voice acting. It wasn't uh, Charlie Brown's fashion sense and hairstyle though it might have been. (laughs) It wasn't the dancing. Remember the dancing? You want to do it now, don't you? So what made this special so special? Somehow these characters resonated with something deep within the human heart. Charlie Brown was Charles Schultz. Charles Schultz created Charlie Brown after himself. And, and, and Charles Schultz uh, battled with self-doubt and depression his whole life long. And he believed that everybody could at some point relate to that feeling of being a blockhead. Everybody could relate to that feeling of having Lucy pull away the football at the last minute to trick you. Everyone had a sense of sometimes feeling like you can't do anything right. Uh, here's a clip of Charlie Brown as he seeks therapy for his feelings about Christmas. Let's watch this. May I help you? I'm in sad shape. Wait a minute. Before you begin, I must ask that you pay in advance. Five cents, please. Boy, what a sound. How I love to hear that old money clink. That beautiful sound of cold, hard cash. That beautiful, beautiful sound. Nickels, nickels, nickels. That beautiful sound of plinking nickels. All right, now. What seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Are you afraid of responsibility? If you are, then you have hypengeophobia. I don't think that's quite it. How about cats? If you're afraid of cats, you have aneurophasia. Well, sort of, but I'm not sure. Are you afraid of staircases? If you are, then you have climacophobia. Maybe you have thalassophobia. This is fear of the ocean. Or chephorobia, which is the fear of crossing bridges. Or maybe you have pantophobia. Do you think you have pantophobia? What's pantophobia? The fear of everything. That's it! Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. How would you like to be the director of our Christmas play? Me? You want me to be the director of the Christmas play? 
Sure, Charlie Brown. We need a director. You need involvement. We've got a shepherd, musicians, animals, everyone you need. We've even got a Christmas queen. I don't know anything about directing a Christmas play. Don't worry. I'll be there to help you. I'll meet you at the auditorium. Incidentally, I know how you feel about all this Christmas business, getting depressed and all that. It happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. What is it you want? Real estate. Yeah. Uh, Charlie's, Charlie Brown's not the only one needing therapy at Christmas time. Fear and anxiety are common, and anxiety tends to go up during the holidays. There seems to be a natural Christmas letdown that we can all relate to. We know we're supposed to feel jolly, but we don't. And every year we hope we're going to feel different, and every year it is just the same. No gift satisfies, and we're left feeling discontented. We know there must be more. And Charlie Brown, who's only eight years old, knows there must be more to Christmas. He doesn't know what it is, but he's upset that people around him are treating Christmas in such a commercial way. Take a look. What's going on here? What's this? Find the true meaning of Christmas when money, 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 spectacular, super colossal, neighborhood Christmas lights and display contest. Lights and display contest? Oh no! My own dog gone commercial. I can't stand it. Oh! I've been looking for you, big brother. Will you please write a letter to Santa Claus for me? Well, I don't have much time. I'm supposed to get down to the school auditorium and direct a Christmas play. You write it and I'll tell you what I want to say. Okay, shoot. Dear Santa Claus, how have you been? Did you have a nice summer? How is your wife? I have been extra good this year. So I have a long list of presents that I want. Oh, brother. Please note the size and color of each item and send as many as possible. If it seems too complicated, make it easy on yourself. Just send money. How about tens and twenties? Tens and twenties? Oh, even my baby sister. All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. Uh, everybody wants what they think is going to bring them happiness, uh, gifts or money or real estate. And then, you know, Sally wants Linus and Lucy wants Schroeder. Drama, drama, drama. Uh, I want us to look at the Christmas story as told in the Bible, Luke chapter 2. You heard it read earlier. And don't worry, I'm going to let Linus read it for us in just a few moments. But this is what you heard read from God's word this morning. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now an angel shows up when there's a very important message to be delivered. To my knowledge, I have never personally interacted with an angel, though the Bible says that it's possible to entertain angels unaware. In other words, angels could come to us in a very normal appearance. That word angel means messenger. 
But when angels shows up in full angelness with the glory of the Lord around them, this must be a very important message indeed. And what was the important message on that night? Let's look. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, whenever an angel shows up in the Christmas story, they always start with the words, do not be afraid. You know why? Because people were afraid. Uh, There was a lot to be afraid about in that time. The King James Version says the shepherds were sore afraid. They were sore afraid, meaning they, they they were so afraid it hurts. That's really what the the phrase means. You ever been so afraid it hurts? There's a little boy in the Christmas pageant who was playing the role of the angel. He only had one line, uh, do not be afraid, it is I. Do not be afraid, it is I. And he was very nervous and he was practicing his lines and when his time came and the director pushed him out onto the stage, uh, he said his line, it's me and I'm scared. (laughs) There's a lot to be afraid of in the first century. There was political and social upheaval. Uh, Rome was ruling Israel in really brutal ways. Life expectancy was short. And what were, the, what were the shepherds doing that night? It says they were keeping watch over their flock at night. And it sounds peaceful, but there was no peace in Israel. Everybody was on edge. And maybe you know that feeling of being on edge and maybe even being awake at night. Maybe you've been keeping watch over someone you love at night. Maybe you've been keeping watch over your bank account at night. Maybe you're worried about your marriage or your family. There's a fear that all of us uh, know. The angel begins by telling the shepherds to fear not, but that's not the main message. It's kind of a preamble. He's kind of building up to the main message. Do not be afraid, because I'm going to give you really good news, and it's going to cause great joy. Here it comes. I'm going to tell you in just a minute. It's for all people. Drum roll, please. And here's the message of Christmas. The angel says, bam, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That is the message of good news. That's the message that can change your life. That's the message I want just to wash over us today. A Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Rescuer. He is the Lord. He is the Ruler of all, and He's here right now. The Christmas story is a story of stark contrast, and you see this played with in a Charlie Brown Christmas in really fun ways. When Charlie Brown and Linus go to pick up a Christmas tree, the kids tell them, go pick out a nice aluminum tree, Charlie Brown. And sure enough, they get to the Christmas tree lot, and they see all these shiny metal trees. And you're wondering, is this some kind of science fiction thing? No, the movie came out in 1965, and aluminum trees were all the rage in the United States in the 1950s and 60s. Some of you aren't old enough to know that. Some of you are old enough and you've forgotten that. And some of you have just suppressed that. So I, I, want, to, I want to remind you what it looked like. Here's a typical home in the early 1960s. That's what Christmas trees looked like. That's what a television looked like. That's what people looked like. <laughs> now, you weren't supposed to put electric lights on a metal tree that's dangerous, so people had like lights they would shine onto the tree that changed color. Anybody old enough to remember this? 
Here's another house in the 60s. Apparently, it was popular to pick out trees that looked like yourself. This is a woman in the corner, almost indistinguishable from her fine aluminum Christmas tree. And then here's an advertisement, uh, Christmas trees and Christmas gifts made with Reynolds aluminum. Like what? That's, that's a sales feature? You can wrap your Christmas dinner leftovers in your tree. And this one reminds me of the home I grew up in. Uh, this woman looks a little like my mom with the horn room glasses smoking a cigarette. Uh, the real reason we needed metal trees in the 60s is because everybody was lighting up. Charlie Brown and Linus go to the tree farm and they're surrounded by shiny, impressive, beautiful metal trees. And then they come across one real, easy to overlook wooden tree. And Linus says, do they still make Christmas trees out of wood? And Charlie Brown says, I feel like this little tree needs me. But the truth was, uh, uh, Charlie Brown needed this tree. The other trees, far more noticeable, far more impressive. This one was the only real one on the lot, and ironically, this was the one most easy to overlook. On that first Christmas, there was a king named Herod, and he was shiny and impressive and powerful. He commanded armies. And then there was the real king, born to a poverty-stricken couple, surrounded by animals and laid in a feed trough. And he was real. Everybody feared Herod, but Herod feared this baby. He feared giving up his own kingdom and his own power and his own glory. He was afraid. And before we judge Herod too harshly, can we admit that we don't like giving up control either? We don't want to give up our own little kingdom, our own little power, our own little glory at all. Fear not is the most frequently given command in all the Bible. And I think the reason for that is fear is the number one thing that holds us back from doing what God wants us to do. It's the number one thing that stops us from launching out more fully with God. We all fear, and we all deal with fear differently. Let's watch again as Lucy tries to talk Linus of putting down his fearful security blanket. Let's watch this. Linus, you've got to get rid of that stupid blanket. And here, memorize these lines. I can't memorize these lines. This is ridiculous. Memorize it and be ready to recite when your cue comes. I can't memorize something like this so quickly. Why should I be put through such agony? Give me one good reason why I should memorize this. I'll give you five good reasons. One, two, three, four, five. Those are good reasons. Christmas is not only getting too commercial, it's getting too dangerous. And get rid of that stupid blanket. What's a Christmas shepherd gonna look like holding a stupid blanket like that? Well, this is one Christmas shepherd who's going to keep his trusty blanket with him. See, you wouldn't hit an innocent shepherd, would you? What's your security blanket? What's that thing you hold on to that makes you feel safe even though you know you really should put it down? Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's your reputation, maybe it's a religious system, and you clutch it because it gives you a false sense of security. 
Watch this next scene, this famous scene where, where Linus just nails that scripture reading and the story of Christmas. Watch what he does carefully with, with his blanket. And some of you know what's coming, but let, let's watch this scene. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Now, did you did you did you see uh, did you see the blanket move? Did everyone notice the blanket move? Let's watch it again, just hone in just to be sure everyone saw it. Show us that little thirty-second clip. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, "Fear not." Now, if you saw it, fear not, drop. Fear not, drop. It's very subtle and very intentional. Charles Schultz wants us to know that Jesus dispels our fear. And maybe God brought you to services on Christmas Eve 2023 to say to you, drop your blanket. Drop your insecurity. Drop your legalism. Drop your non-forgiveness. Drop that thing you've been clutching on. You don't need it. Now, Linus does pick up his blanket again, but in my opinion, he holds it a little differently. And then toward the end of the show, he takes his blanket and he places it at the, at the base of the tree and actually wraps it around the tree. And then I think what we're seeing in the movie is kind of an impromptu worship service that kind of breaks out. The, the, the kids move from focusing on the tree to focusing on something much, much larger. And the children are singing, and first they're singing in the, in the show, Oh Christmas Tree, Oh Christmas Tree. Very appropriate song when you're standing around a Christmas tree. But then the mood changes and the song changes to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And I think what we're watching is an impromptu worship service of eight-year-old children. Let's watch the final scene from the show. Oh well, this commercial dog is not going to ruin my Christmas. I've killed it. Oh, everything I touch gets ruined. I never thought it was such a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love.
Charlie Brown is a blockhead, but he did get a nice tree. Yeah, isn't that great? And, uh, and when we sing in a few minutes, I want you all to look like that when you sing. At the... yeah. Jesus entered our world in a surprisingly humble way. He didn't look like a king laying in that feed trough, but he was the king. He's real. He's to be worshipped. And his is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And you can place your fear and insecurity at his feet. He offers what a world of shiny objects never could. He can be your hope. He can be your true security. Friends, believe the good news of Christmas. For Auntie was born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the good news of great joy, and it's for all people. Let's pray. Oh God, you meet us in dark and anxious places and cast out our fear. You meet us in a world of artificial and show us what is real. You meet us here and now. On this holy night, turn our hearts toward worship. For this we pray in the name of the Christmas child, Jesus, our Savior, and all God's people agreed and said, amen. Let's stand and sing this old song. <laughs> 